song to you, but I feel like just like this precious, precious baby. Did anyone see this baby raising her hand? It's like she knows she's a being made to worship this holy God. But as she's watching these people that are a little further along in the faith raise their hands, she's doing it too. It's just in her. And to be honest, that's how I feel like this next song is, that whether you've heard this or not, you've heard this church do you know what I mean this is a song that's already in your heart and so I feel pretty confident that that it's just gonna flow out of you so let's sing it I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bowed and drenched in tears, he laid him down in Joseph's tomb. Messiah still and all alone. Sing his praise. Trans- 
Just as we've sung together in one voice, sometimes we like to pray from this common book of prayer and, and say our prayers together also with one voice. So the words will be on the screen if you'll, um, if you'll pray this with me. Almighty God, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise that among the swift and varied changes of our world, that our hearts may surely be fixed where the true joys are to be found. That's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. We're adjusting service order just a little bit. Typically, we do communion at the, the end of service, but we're doing baptisms and memberships at the end of uh, service today. And so uh, we're going to do communion right here. And you know, as I think about communion, it wasn't too long ago that, that we couldn't gather. And then we started gathering. It was when, how can we receive communion? And I got to tell you, from a pastor's heart, that hurt because this is so significant that we as God's people gather together and we eat these little meals together and focus on the God that unites us. So we receive these elements. It's a sacrament. It's a community sacrament. Later on, we'll be doing baptisms. It's the other sacrament that we celebrate. And once again, a community sacrament, something we do together. Jesus instituted communion. 1 Corinthians 11 says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When we had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Lord, this is a sacred moment. Truly, as we entered into these doors today, and not when we began to sing or not when we prayed, but Lord, as we begin to gather as a body, it's a sacred moment. All that we've done has been through you and for you. So Lord, now as we receive these elements, I, I ask you to help us to examine our hearts. May we not receive this communion unworthily. Lord, may, may we be true to you. May we be seeking you. 
And Lord, may we receive with gladness this means of grace. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're standing. We're going to receive it from the... Uh, we're going to come like we typically do from the, the back of the sanctuary and you'll receive the elements and go back to your seat. This is communion Your body broken This cup we're drinking Is gift of friendship, truest salvation, born of your suffering on Calvary. We remember the sacrifice of love, we remember the blood poured out for us, we remember the only Son table.
are one, not because we've joined in this place, not, not because we've partaken of membership. We're one because of him. Jesus died on a cross to reconcile you with your heavenly father and reconcile you with each other. The body of the Jesus, which was broken for you, eat and be thankful. blood of Jesus, which was shed for you. Drink and be grateful. Lord, we're thankful for this moment. We're thankful for this sacrament. We're thankful for a Savior that came, that died on a cross, but he didn't stay in a grave, but he rose again. And because of that, Lord, we have life, life together. So, Lord, bless the rest of this service with your presence. May we sense your move, and as you move, may we follow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I've got to be honest, I am, and I don't know what the future is going to hold. I really don't. Uh, what the next few years will look like, but one of the things that I'll miss the most is this ability to lead a congregation in communion. Um, there's just something about watching you receive and the significance of it, the significance of what Jesus has done. Um, I, I, I've said this often, if it were just up to me, this is something we would do every week. It's so significant. And, and I think a, a lot of it, there's the lifetime memory of church. Uh, there's a little bit of a nostalgia in, in communion. I can remember communion from my early age. And just the lifetime memories of just churches being together. Remember church pitch-in dinners, right? Um, some were really good, you know. Some were not so good. Uh, when you had the home cook, there was the home cook that was the good home cook, and there was the home cook that was not the so good home cook. Uh, but it used to be in the olden days that you'd have a church pitch-in dinner, and you'd go to a park, and it'd be all these homemade dishes, and it's kind of slid away from that in the past. I, I remember the first pitch-in dinner at Tri-County I went to, and there was a whole bag of tacos from Taco Bell, and I thought, we're missing the whole point of this. <laughs> Communion is God's pitch-in dinner. It's the greatest meal ever. It represents what Jesus did. We, we gather and we remember, uh, we celebrate, celebrate body and body, blood, and we celebrate this ideal that God has made a place at the table for us. Yes? <laughs> it's a sacrament. Uh, if that's God, tell him I'm busy. <laughs> it's a sacrament. I mean, it's something sacred. It's something that um, uh, we have two sacraments. It's a, it, it's, it's a sacred act. It's, it's something we do together. It's a, it's a means of grace, a way we receive grace. It's, it's a way we receive and acknowledge the grace of God, what Jesus did. Uh, it's often referred to as an outward sign of an inner work. In other words, there's something going on inside. And, and so this, this represents the move of the Spirit, the grace of God in our life. Yeah, we love to think about the grace of God. We, we like to sing songs about the grace of God. Uh, and, and our culture 
has, has stolen from those, some of those songs. Not stolen, but that our culture likes to sing about the amazing grace of God. How many TV shows have you seen where they end with the amazing grace is the way they end the show? And it's just like our culture hungers for that grace. It's not my notes, but church, the best thing the church can show a culture that's broken is the grace of God. Every great revival that's ever happened has been sourced and based in the grace of God, not the judgment of God. So are we images of his grace? I, I remembered as I was thinking about this, this song, it's an old hymn, and anytime I talk about old hymns, somebody will tell me, oh, we need to sing more old hymns. There's old songs that are good. There's new songs that are good. There's new songs that are bad. There's old songs that are bad, okay? You're, 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 you're preaching to the wrong person there. There's songs in every generation I like. The Wonderful Grace of Jesus, I love it because it was a fun song to sing. Do you remember the song? Wonderful, wonderful, the matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty really sea. Anybody remember that song? Then you go, higher than the mountain, sparkling like the fountain. All sufficient grace for even me. Remember singing that? It was just a fun song to sing. I don't know about the theology of this song, but it was the funnest song I can remember singing because, you know, you had the basses go boom, 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 and the sopranos way up there. We love to sing about the grace of God. But grace is not just received. Grace should move us. The Apostle Paul talks about grace in Romans 5. He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we've obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we exult in the hope of the glory of God. Later on, he says, for while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if you've never said amen in the church, that's a time to say amen. God saves us at our worst. We didn't deserve it. Paul writes, The law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where the sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a wonderful chapter. This is Romans chapter 5. And, you know, this wonderful grace of Jesus, this amazing grace of God, no wonder we sing about it. Then Paul moves into chapter 6. In verse 1 he says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? So Paul asks, asks this, this silly rhetorical question. Okay, if grace is so good... If grace shows how awesome God is, should we just keep sinning so that God's grace will grow even greater than our text for today? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the, glory, through, the, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. 
For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, so what's our response, according to the Apostle Paul, to this amazing, marvelous, wonderful grace? We walk, we respond to grace by walking in faithful obedience to God. That is our response. Now this passage makes particular reference to baptism. As a matter of fact, Paul says, you are buried with him in baptism. And and so just like Christ was raised to life, we are raised to life. That we come out of the water, and and it's a signal, it's a a symbol of, of new life. We've been united with him in the likeness of his death. We've been reunited with him on the cross. And so in our baptisms, we are, we unite ourselves with Christ's crucifixion, and death. So when we were baptized, that's one of the things. We're connecting our life with Jesus on the cross and the resurrection as we come out of the water. Baptism is also a sacrament. It's, it's, a, it's a community sacrament. It's something we do together. Truthfully, and, and I'm preaching to the choir here, you're here. Uh, but, but there's a whole slew of people that says, oh, I can do Christianity without the church. I read nothing in the biblical text that says that you can do biblical Christianity without community, without the church. We need each other. You need others in your life. It's a means of grace. It's a way we experience God's grace with witnesses and together. It's an outward sign of an inward work. And one part of this inward work is this, that that you're you're united with the cross and you're saying we are saved, we will always be saved, we are sanctified by grace. Everything comes through the grace of God. But there's a second part of this. And uniting with the cross, we're taking up our own cross. So so that when you and I were baptized, and when our candidates are baptized today, what they're saying is, I am united with the cross. I am united with Jesus on the cross. So what does the cross signify? For, For most of us, as a matter of fact, I venture no one in this room will ever have to face a crucifixion. But it is, I will do what God asked me to do. To to be united with the cross is to say, not my will, but your will. Baptized congregation, let me ask you, are you living true to your baptism? See, we watch these candidates be baptized. It's, It's not just about their baptisms. 
It's about my baptism and your baptism. Are you living true to your baptism? Are you keeping your inner word? Have you kept your promise to God? Candidates. Where's Jillian? She's back here somewhere. Why don't you move on up here so I can be looking right at you, Jillian. Where's your family? Start coming up towards you. We've got a couple younger candidates. Um, I got to tell you, Cooper and Jillian, it's completely awesome to me to see you guys baptized today. I am thrilled to the core for you. Because what it represents is a whole life given to God. And what you're saying today is, God, wherever you call me, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you call me to work, I will be a missionary and a minister for you. Lord, if you call me into the ministry, I'll go into the full-time ministry. If you call me to minister where I'm working, I'll do it there. Whatever you call me to do, Lord, I will do. So let me ask you, will you live true to your baptism? Will you keep your promise to God? There's an old song, an old chorus we used to sing, and it was, I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow me. And then I was going to do this after the videos, but we'll do it now. Brian, will you lead us in this, this second? As a testimony of our promise and candidates, can you sing it with us? We'll put it up on the screen again. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him. All the way. That is the promise you're making in baptism. I'm going to, uh, we're going to play a video and then our candidates are going to come and be baptized. Yes. 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 Yes, I've decided to follow Jesus. It means like being ready for what God has planned for me. It means obeying Him and following Him. It means that I want to do my best to follow Jesus and follow in His ways and do what He would do. It means to love God and follow His example that He set. Because I want to because I want to be with God and I want to show my church family that I've shown, I have made this decision for my whole life. I want to be baptized so everyone knows that I'm ready for what God has planned for me. I want to be baptized to show the people that I'm trying my best to follow God. I want to be baptized to tell everyone that I'm a follower of Jesus. He's helping me do better things in standing up and being a leader and helping me grow in my faith. 
you know, he's helping me with my grades and getting good grades and with my family and my sports. Well, he's working in my life to show, I feel like he's working in my life to show me that he is the way and the truth of life and, yeah. He's making me a better person by telling the truth and not being mean to people even if, even if they're being mean to me. I feel like my mom does, and my dad, and some of my friends, and other people, and my sisters. Um, my parents, and my smara. My family, my church, my friends, my parents, my family, my friends, and everybody that I know, and God, and Jesus. All right. Our first candidate is going to be Jillian Nurick. And so um, we're going to have, Julie, we're going to have you get in here in just a second. And we're also having uh, the family, we're, we're trying to have the family more involved in here. One of the things that we've been talking about is this idea that um, we're, this isn't just an individual thing, right? This isn't just a pastor baptizing uh, someone. This is a family, right? We're doing this as a family. And so we're having the family come up. And in fact, when Jillian's in here and I'm getting ready to baptize her, I'm going to ask the family that's up here to actually just put your hands in the water. Um, again, just a way to, to, to sim symbolize and, uh, and signal that we are, we're baptizing you into the family. You have your immediate family, but look around here. Cooper, you look around as well, right? Like, look, look all around. Like, like, we're baptizing you into this family as well. And so your family here um, with their hands in the water uh, hopefully helps you to remember that, that w not only are you trying to follow Jesus, but we're here to support you in that. And we're here to walk alongside you as you do that, as your immediate family, grandma, grandpa, but as your entire church family. All right. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Jillian, have you decided to follow Jesus? You want to, uh, you want to live your life for Jesus? but not by yourself, right? Again, look out here, because you're facing them now. With the help of all of these people, uh, you're deciding to follow Jesus and make that a public public testimony, right? All right. Do you want to go up there and go ahead and hold your nose here? You want to, you want to help as well? Sure. If you can reach in there. <laughs> okay, so your family's going to be in here together. Kenny, you have kind of hands in the water there. Right. Jillian, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for everything that you have given us today, God. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the faith that everyone has in God. And thank you for Jillian, her opportunity to have this today and her faith in you has just made this so much better. Thank you. Cooper, same thing for you, bud. First look behind you. You got your family here, like your blood family, right? But then look out into the congregation. And you've got this entire family that again is here to walk alongside you to help you in your faith, to help you follow Jesus. When you said in your, in your video, I wanna try my best to follow Jesus, you don't do that alone, right? You don't have to do that alone. We are there to walk alongside you. So Cooper, have you decided to follow Jesus? Yes. You wanna live for him? Yes. With the help of all your family? Yes. And your church family? Yes. I love your enthusiastic <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? So uh, family, I'm gonna ask you guys, as many as you can, if you can kind of a hand in the water here. And uh, as we, this Cooper, if you would go ahead and just uh, hold your nose there. All right, you guys up there, okay. 
Cooper, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you so much for um, this proclamation Cooper has made to follow you, to publicly share that with his church family. Lord, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so proud of my son. Uh, and we're grateful for all you blessed us with in this wonderful family and church family, God. Um, we love you. Amen. So, Emerson, uh, do me a favor here. Uh, in, the, in the videos of everybody sharing their testimony and talking about uh, wanting to, to show the church, show your church family that you've decided to follow Jesus, I want you to know that this is also an opportunity for us to tell you that we are walking alongside you, right? And we are doing this with you. This isn't something that you have to try to do on your own. So do it, look behind you. You've got your family, your family members here that are walking alongside this with you. And now turn around and look out at the congregation. Congregation, you all wave to them. You see all that? Yeah. Uh, you see all those? They're, they're here as well. So we're doing this as a family. We are doing this as your, your family, but also as your church family who welcomes you into the family of God. All right? Would you tell everyone, have you decided to follow Jesus? Yeah, I you want to make that public this morning, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So do me a favor. Go ahead and uh, hold your nose there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna baptize you. Right? Can you in there? Emerson, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oops. I'll drop you there, bud. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for Emerson's life, Lord, and for the tender heart that you have placed inside of him, Lord, that is so responsive to the leading of your Spirit, Lord. I'm so grateful and humbled to be his mom and to get to shepherd him in, in a way in this journey. Lord, I just pray, um, I pray your blessing over his life as he continues to walk in obedience to your way. Lord, I pray that throughout his life, he will often reflect back on this moment and remember this time of declaring his decision and his intention, Lord, to follow you for his whole life. Lord, I pray that you would keep his heart soft and his eyes on you his whole life long. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Tristan, you're up, my friend. You can go ahead and hop in there. Tristan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same thing for you. First of all, have you decided to follow Jesus? And you want to make that public here this morning. Yeah? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around and look behind you. See these people here who are behind you, your family members who are walking alongside with you. You don't have to do this alone. Right? They are walking with you. They're supporting you. And then do me a favor and look out to the congregation. Congregation, you all wave. Yeah, you see that? Right, so this, this congregation is also behind you. They're walking alongside you to disciple you and to raise you in the church and the family. And so this is an opportunity for you to say that you're following Jesus, but also for us to say that we are walking right there alongside you. Tristan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, we praise you as Tristan makes this public dedication of his faith. And we just ask that you uh, continue to provide all of us here with wisdom and helping him grow in his walk throughout his life. Amen. Amen. Would you guys give them another round of applause? Uh, wait, there's more. It's all in and on, uh, we, we always give an all in award on New Life Sunday. And this, this week we're gonna give it, this time we're gonna give it to Harold and Dee Green. If Harold and Dee would come up, Let's give them a hand. Uh, 
I, I think these, if you looked up all in in the dictionary, they'd have Harold and Dee's picture. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been my great privilege uh, to be their pastor and to serve with Harold and Dee. Uh, Dee's involved in anything you can think of in the community. She, she, she helps us in vacation Bible schools, anything we do like that. Dee's always willing to help. Harold has, has done, I mean, Harold does so many unseen things and seen things. I mean, he, he takes care of our finances in such a, a great way. You can trust him. And so there's going to be a receipt in your box for a gift card. So you can go pay that, Harold. Um, but I want... I, You've already seen it, yeah. Uh, so uh, I want you to know we appreciate you folks. Uh, you guys do way, you go way above what you need to do, but we appreciate it. Um, I don't know how this church would function without Harold and Dee. So can we give them a hand? Do you guys want to say anything? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're also bringing new members in. And so um, I think it's important not only that our candidates hear this, but we hear this, that when we join the church, it's significant. It has meaning. Well, we live in a culture that, that resists commitment. Um, I, I don't know that you can adequately follow Jesus uh, if you're not willing to commit. Commit to him, and I believe commit to a church, that it's in the body, in the community, that we're formed into the disciples that God has in mind for us to be. And so uh, these folks are coming to us in a number of different ways. Um, some are coming by transfer of membership. Some are coming by what we call profession of faith. Not that they didn't have faith before they were at this church, but that's a way we bring members in to our denomination. And so I'm going to read what says, it says in the manual about membership. And uh, it's not just for them, it's for you. Uh, re be reminded of your membership, your commitment. The privileges and blessings that we have in association together and the church of Jesus Christ are very sacred and precious. There is in it such hallowed fellowship as cannot otherwise be known. There is such helpfulness with brotherly watch care and counsel as can only be found in the church. There is the godly care of pastors with the teachings of the word and the helpful inspiration of social worship. There is the cooperation and service accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done. The doctrines upon which the church rests is essential to Christian experience are brief. We believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We especially emphasize the deity of Jesus Christ and the personality of the Holy Spirit. We believe that human beings are born in sin and that they need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the birth, new birth by the Holy Spirit. That subsequent to this, there is the deeper work of heart cleansing or entire sanctification through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that to each of these works of grace, the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that our Lord will return, the dead shall be raised, and that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. Do you hardly believe these, believe these truths? If so, answer, I do. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and do you realize that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. Desiring to unite with the Church of the Nazarene, do you covenant to give yourself to the fellowship and the work of God in connection with it as set forth in the covenant of Christian character and the covenant of Christian conduct of the Church of the Nazarene? Will you endeavor in every way to glorify God by a humble walk, godly conversation, and holy service, by devotedly giving of your means, by faithful attendance upon the means of grace, and abstaining from all evil, will you seek earnestly to perfect holiness of heart and life in the fear of the Lord? If so, say, I will. I welcome you into this church, to its sacred fellowship, responsibilities, and privileges. May the great head of the church bless and keep you and enable you to be faithful in all good works. 
that your life and witness may be effective in leading others to Christ. Sarah, or Lori, welcome to Marysville Church of the Nazarene. And this young lady, I think your name's Ines. Yes. This, is, this is my mother-in-law, if you don't know this. Welcome, Ines, to Marysville Church of the Nazarene. Sarah, it was my privilege to dedicate, and now I get to welcome you into membership. How are you doing, sweetheart? Oh, that's not a happy face. She's tired. She's tired? Okay. Brock and Chloe, I got to baptize Brock not too long ago and dedicate kids, and now I welcome you into membership. Welcome to membership in Marysville, the Church of Nazarene. We, we love you folks. We're excited about what God's going to do. Can we welcome them this morning? I don't know what else we could do. God bless. You are dismissed.